0: Hello, and welcome to the Tent Podcast, that is to say, thriving in technology. Your hosts are Sam Moulton, Petra Stefanova, and Cecilia Taylor, all members of the Influence Marketing Team here at NetApp. For this episode, we're bringing several members of the A-Team together to talk about NetApp Insight Las Vegas, what they got excited about, what they learned, and what they think NetApp needs to know regarding what went well and not so well. Let's get started by having all our guests introduce themselves. Becky, please kick it off by telling us a bit about what you do and how we can find you on Twitter.
1: Hi, I'm Becky Elliott. I'm a consulting engineer at Ironbrick, a NetApp partner. I'm a three-year A-teamer, and you can follow me on Twitter at Becky L Elliott, E-L-L-I-O-T-T, and you can check my blog out at BeckyElliott.com.
2: Okay. Uh, Hi, girls. I'm Paula Silva. Thanks for having me today. And I work as a technical lead for a NERAP partner partner here in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I work with the post-sales team with the implementation of the NERAP products. And my Twitter handle is paula underscore maria. Hi, I'm Phoebe Go. I
3: am a NetApp employee. I work in our Sydney well, in our Australia office based in Sydney. Um, I am a cl- cloud architect, so I help our technical uh, pre-sales teams and our partners' pre-sales teams um, understand what our cloud data services portfolio looks like. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at,
4: at PhoebeGo, which is at P-H O E-B-E-G-O-H. Excellent. So I'd like to thank all three of you for being with us today. It was not easy getting this organized, given that we have, what, five different time zones? So we're glad that uh, we could make it happen. Um, speaking of zones, a couple of you really steps up, uh, stepped outside of your comfort zone at Insight this year. Becky, tell us what was new about Insight for you this year. So at this year, I don't know
1: if you saw the A-team at the pre-general session, but a bunch of us were being interviewed by... The 18 roving reporters, so we were, we were pretty easy to spot this year. What can you add to that, Paula?
2: Well, I, I, w- I was also interviewed during the pre general session on Wednesday, and I was in a panel with other 18 members for the BOF session, and we talked about Data Fabric. And for me, the biggest challenge was just to talking in English. I don't feel comfortable talking in English to other people because I still have a lot to improve in my spoken English. And as I don't have enough vocabulary to explain the things that I want to, I feel very nervous and I even start forgetting some things that I already knew. So. It was a big challenge for me.
4: Well, I was it, you know, at that panel, Paula, and I have to say that you did an excellent job. <laughs> I think you're far more critical of yourself than you need to be because you, you really do have a very strong command of the English language, and I was proud of both you and Becky for the, you know, the roles that you played in that uh, general session pre-show. It was quite a bit of fun too.
2: Yeah, thank you, Sam.
5: I think we all agree that Paula's English is actually quite good. So, shall we all? put a round of cheer up for Paula. incredible English and she should be more proud of herself and confident. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> <Yay>. Definitely.
2: Definitely.
5: <laughs> thank you. Thank
2: you, thank you.
5: Let's go, let's go to Phoebe. So Phoebe, all the way from Down Under, you usually go probably every year to Insight, but you usually um, go to the one in EMEA, isn't it? Isn't it right? So what was it what was it different for you to be in Vegas and to to go to Insight in Vegas this year?
3: Um, so we're quite uh, far away from both uh, the US and Europe. So we do send a, a, a contingent. I like to think of us as the ANZ contingent to um, both um, Insight Vegas and, and uh, Insight in EMEA. But what I do, like I've been to both of the events before and I love that uh, every time we go to a Region, whether it's in Europe or in in the USA, um, we get to talk to teams around the world about what they're doing, um, to partners and to our customers, and to kind of trade stories, I guess, about what the the things that we see that are similar and the things that we see that are different, um, so that we can, I guess, generally improve um, across. Uh, our, our entire organization, what we can, uh, how we can help our customers and our partners be successful. Um, I thought Insight Central this year was amazing, and I've had great feedback from all of my local team about Insight Central. Uh, so if you're going to Barcelona, definitely check that out. Um, and it was also really good to meet up with uh, all the AT members in Vegas. That was really good too.
0: Okay, so now let's dig in and dig in a little. We'd like to know what the biggest takeaway was for each of you. What's the first thing that comes to mind, Paula?
2: Well, uh, for me, an important point was the data fabric message, because years ago, when NetApp started talking about data fabric, it was just a concept, and not everybody could understand exactly what it was and how it was going to work, was how what was the purpose of it. Some people even thought about the data fabric as a product. But now with this latest insight in Las Vegas, we could see that something much consolidated and that every product released by NetApp is inserted into the data fabric. Uh, I think it's not just a concept anymore. So it was for me a... important point. And you, Becky? So
1: Paula did a a great summarization of how I feel too about the data fabric. Um, It was really interesting to see things like the the new NetApp Kubernetes service, and I'm really interested in learning more about that. Um, Also, this insight was kind of special for me because it was just amazing to see everyone get out of their comfort zone and kind of check off bucket list stuff. And just that Events are so much better when you have people
4: to cheer on and people t- that cheer you on. That's a, that's a great point, Becky. Um, it, it is the uh, I think the camaraderie among the you know the A team really does stand out, especially at these uh, these events. Um, how about for you, uh, Phoebe? What was your biggest takeaway?
3: So I, I'd say my biggest takeaway is that the hybrid multi cloud uh, future is actually here. Um, it's not just as Paula said. It's not just um, something that we're talking about it's it's a reality and this is what the future of of cloud and hybrid cloud and multi-cloud is going to look like
5: well thanks for sharing that with with us phoebe i think we all agree um net is a different place to work and to be on the partner or the customer side we've we've um we've stepped out of our comfort zones we've um walked a long way to to be here and i think one of the most impressive Things for me personally is to see so many, so many inspiring women being live on stage in the general session, and not only you know just generally presenting, and even outside of the Women in Technology panel. So, for instance, someone like Kim Weller, I personally found that was the most exciting of all keynotes. Um, and I have to say sorry to Dave to Dave Hitz, but Kim was definitely stole the show this this year and. It's for me, I think it's a great to see NetApp as my employer taking the right steps to embracing gender, gender diversity and just seeing so much inclusivity and feeling that empowerment um, as a woman f- coming out from the stage. So what do you what, what do you what do you guys think about that? Are we on the right path? What what else can we do here in NetApp? Should we maybe start with, um, with Becky? So NetApp does an awesome job
1: with their Women in Tech, and I agree that Kim was definitely one of the stars of the show. So I, I love that the Women in Tech is like a grassroots organization, and they're really able to accomplish a lot. And I also, I love that George Corian took time to come to the Women in Tech panel, and the panel this year was just awesome.
2: Yes, and I don't know if it was just my impression, but it's my it was my third year, at NetApp Insight. And I don't know if it was my impression, but I I saw more women uh, at the breakout sessions. This year was different from the other two. I, I, I can see more women participating on the sessions in the panels, like the women in technology session, or even in the general session. Yeah, I
3: was really excited about um, the women in IT, uh, women in technology lunch to see how many men there were in the room, and I think that's really how um, diversity is becoming a broader conversation than just a group of, um, than just having a group of women in in tech supporting each other. It's really about how we can support everybody in the organization, no matter um, you know where you come from and what you do and, and how you think. And I think that that NetApp is. Really championing that across the world, uh, which is
2: really exciting to see. Yes, some of my customers uh, they were at the Women in Technology lunch too. Uh, All of them are uh, men, but uh, an interesting thing is that all of them loved it. It was the most um, the session that they, they said that they enjoyed most. It was interesting. Their interest, yeah. for and that. I probably That's
3: have awesome. to give a shout out. Well, yes. I want to give a shout out to our um, an Australian partner, Consultel Cloud. So Rachel Hedges was uh, on stage uh, in the keynote in with a great Aussie accent, and she is such a great representation of uh, women of women in technology. Well,
0: we said we were going to address the things that perhaps didn't go quite so well this year. So let's move on to that. I know for me personally, the lack of readily accessible coffee was a killer, but who else wants to weigh in here? <laughs> Nobody.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> the condensed, yeah, the condensed schedule was kind of interesting too. Like the going from four days to three days, it was really hard to kind of get everything in.
5: A lot of walking involved when, when you have so many sessions to go to. It's, it's a bit like running a marathon, you know, you... You also have to be expert in multitasking. So make sure you're at least at two places at the same time. Yeah, my feet did uh, not survive. Yeah. But I think Sam, that's on you. and That's not on the conference. <laughs> oh, OK.
3: I think a lot of people <laughs> thought <laughs> that um, because, yeah, there were so many sessions on at the same time, it was hard to decide what to go to. Um, so, you know, I heard from different people who said I went to all of the same kind of sessions. I went and checked out everything on storage grid. Or I went and checked out everything on containers and other guys who and girls who said, I I went to see one of everything um, because, I, you know, I couldn't work out which ones to go to. Um, and definitely walking between them can take a while. So you, you want to make sure you pick your sessions well
5: in that, in that short time frame. But the good thing is a lot of the sessions have been recorded so people would have access to them. I think next year in the back should be should um, a device called Time Turner be included. I don't know if, if those geeks of you who watched Harry Potter know about what I'm talking about. Is that device Hermione used in one of those in one of the books where she went to two classes at the same time? So this way people can go a two session to two sessions at the same time. Okay. I think I'll pitch that to the events team. <laughs> is this is this real, Petra? Or no? Uh, okay. Uh, have you heard about time travel yet? Yes, mm. yes. I didn't. I didn't
4: catch the first part of what you said. So, okay. Um, well, let's turn our attention now to our Twitter audience uh, to help us out with a question, and it looks like we have several, which is great to see. Um, NetApp United member Donnie Lang has a good one for you guys. He'd like to know how the three of you discovered your passion for technology. And as the father of two daughters, he wants to hear the advice you give girls considering a career in tech. Who wants to go first? I'm going to nominate Becky since she has a daughter (laughs) and may want to approach it from that perspective. Okay, so I'm going
1: to be honest. The thing that first drew me to tech is probably the paycheck. But the paycheck isn't it's not something that would have you stay in tech. I really love I really love to learn and technology fortunately is always evolving so it's a field where you keep to con- you, right. you get to keep constantly learning. The upside is as being a father in tech, your daughters are already getting a first hand look at tech so it kind of increases the odds of them being in tech. Now, I don't I don't know where you live geographically, but I know where I live in the DC area, they actually have events for girls like they have coding events, like those kind of events you probably should start looking for like those kind of organizations where she can kind of see other girls in. So, Pecha, STEM do you know where Donnie activities.
5: is based? Since he's one of your guys, Donnie is a pretty cool father, so I'm sure he'll he'll find something. I actually have have a tip for for those fathers out out there. There's a pretty cool um device I recently discovered and bought for one of my um for for my boyfriend's um. And Nephews, it's a canon computer, which is kind of like based on Raspberry Pi. So you can build it yourself and pro- code coach, coach your way into your own Minecraft stuff. So it's a really nice way for kids to get into coding. Mm. But. I actually <laughs> want to say um, Becky has been uh, very modest about herself and made it sound like so easy. But if you're interested to hear more, to find out more about her story, how she became a woman in technology, you should definitely read her, her blog. It's it, I found it really inspiring. And I wish I had time to write my own one. But I think it gives a lot of lessons to learn. And it's really nice to to, to see... One of those stories. So thank Beck, thanks Becky for sharing. We'll make sure we include a link. Oh, thank, thank you, thank
1: you so much for the, the kind words. So Paula,
2: what about you? How did you get started? Well, how do I get started? Uh, it was a it is a long story, but to summarize it, when I was eighteen years old, I moved from my home city, a small city, to the capital of my state to study and to work. But I, I had to work first to pay for my studies. And there I started working as a receptionist in a small company. And sometimes I had to stay at work until late to wait for the IT guy to finish his work. And that's how I, I had my first contact with technology. And after that, I went to the college. The course, I think, was science, computer science. And then I started working as an intern in the, the IT department for a big logistic company. Logistic company. My job was to fix computers, printers, cabling. And that's why I work with infrastructure and not programming because, sorry, programming now it's more common, it's a more common areas, area for girls, but... That's why I didn't start with programming. And about the advice, my advice, in fact, it's for the little girls um, who already like technology. So, my advice to them is to keep in mind that we can be as successful as anyone in our IT careers, despite we are underrepresented. And I think another thing is to be always curious, never stop studying, and be always looking for some uh, for new things, for new information, new technology. That's how we. So, Paula, do let me things. ask you this:
4: If you hadn't had that job as a receptionist and didn't have the opportunity to spend time with the IT guy, do you think your
2: life would have gone in a different direction? I think so because that was my first contact with technology. I never had any kind of information about how it was and I didn't have, have sorry I didn't have any friends who worked in technology or family so hmm. I think it was, it was your um, destiny um, important it's really thing. cool actually I've always I so. always loved computers
3: since I was a little kid um, I played a lot of computer games still play a lot of computer games so I've always kind of gone to myself, I, I really want to work um, with computers. I want to work in technology. Uh, the, the problem I had was that at school, I, uh, I really loved English and I loved music and I loved languages and I loved people. Um, and that they're not the things that you traditionally associate with um, with a computing degree or a computing career. And um, and, and I was I, I'm, I'm really clumsy, so I'm really bad at building things, um, and I'm really bad at things like cooking and craft. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually I really like technology because uh, it, it, it allows me to build without the fear of physical injury. <laughs> um, I can, yeah, I love Minecraft and I love um, even things like Fortnite where you you can see things being created in front of you and you can change them if you if you like. You've got so much power and so much influence over what gets built. I, I really like that. That's really exciting. Um, and I think my advice to, to girls, and, and I always think back, to myself when I was at school and um, thinking about what what do I do, where do I go, uh, was that I would love to tell myself that my opinion is is so unique and it's so valuable because it is unique. So to all the girls out there, uh, your, your opinion, nobody else thinks like you, nobody else is you. So uh, in a technology sector or uh, where 50% of the customers are female, you are actually representing that 50%. Um, and, and your voice is really important. So keep talking up and keep getting involved, because that to me is really, uh, really important that we represent everybody who can't speak for themselves. Um, and I guess for dads who are in the, or fathers who are in that, um, wondering what they can do to help their daughters um, and sons get into technology. Um, it's really that it's to along the same lines because I went through a lot of imposter syndrome when I was at uni thinking I'm, I'm terrible at this I'm I'm not a mathematician I'm not a computer scientist um, but I, I have a computer science degree and I learned how to program and I've learned how to work with computers um, and it's because I have friends and family and and definitely my parents supported me a lot when I was at uni uh, to say you can do it you know you can do anything you want to be
5: Thanks so much for for your advice, girls. I think we got some really interesting points in there. I, I, I can only add my voice to what, what echo to what Phoebe said, like just to every girl out there, just be um, brave enough to be yourself and you have unique voice and you have the different things to contribute. So would definitely like to thank Donnie um, and um, the NetsApp 18 members, Pete, Ibarra and Chris Olsen for submitting the, the questions for the episode. We're sorry we couldn't get all of them today, but uh, please, uh, please keep them coming, and make sure um, you, if you want to, you can follow Donny and Pete and 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 Chris also on on Twitter. Uh, we're gonna add their their handles in the description, and um, yeah, I would like to, I would like to say thank you so much for being wait, here wait. with us. And with that, we... Before we, I go, think Cecilia before we go, we have one more question
0: that about. we'd like to throw out to all of our guests. And it's one that you haven't prepared for. So this way we can get the most honest replies. If you were to write a book and you were going to write a book uh, with someone else... Oh,
3: I used to write a lot of stories when I was a kid. So I'd probably go along that, that trend and it would probably be a book about something like a donkey or a goat or a unicorn, um, something about science fiction. And I would probably want to write it with a person like Douglas Adams or <laughs> um, somebody with a bit of a sense of humour and you can see the world through a slightly different lens. And it would be fiction, just in case that wasn't
0: clear. <laughs> uh, how about you, Paula? Who would you like to write a book with?
2: Uh I don't know. When I was a kid, and until now, I always liked things about space and universe and I don't know, I think that I, I would like to write a book with Stephen Hawking, but he unfortunately is dead already, but if he was alive, it would be with him. Because I I love the subject. Becky, I love
0: his book how about you, Sam? I know that you're a co-host, but how would you answer this question?
4: Hmm, I oh there she is. Go ahead, Becky. Okay. She saved me. Saved by the bell. <laughs> yeah. So hmm. Yeah. If I could write a
1: book, who what would I write and who would I write it with? That's a really good question.
2: Hmm.
5: Da 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 da.
4: Well, I'll, I'll jump in, Becky, save you for a, a minute while I you feel think like about I mean, like... it, but um, I'm a big fan of, well, I don't even know what how you'd classify them, but novels that address different periods of time, or they address things like time travel, uh, Petra mentioned that earlier, and uh, one of my favorite series is Outlander, um, and of course I read the books before uh, they became a, a TV program. But would, sadly, Diana Gabaldon has since passed. I would love, but to, I'd to, s- love to write a book with her. Oh, I Sam, I just love to. to I would book totally about read that about, like, book. The 18th.
3: I think that would be really cool.
4: Pardon. <laughs> I would totally the read your bo- the a- book team. with Diana. Yeah. I can't pronounce her <laughs> <enough. Thank you. laughs> All the stories, all the behind the scenes stories. <laughs> Actually, you know, if I were to write a nonfiction uh, book, I, I probably would, you know, address influence marketing because it's it's a passion of mine. You know, I'd have to find somebody, I guess, that would help lend it some credibility since, you know, I kind of figured all this out on my own. I haven't been, you know, professionally trained or or whatever.
5: So That's- yeah, it's not a bad idea. That's how it works. Um, you don't have to be professionally trained to be a professional. You just know it. Oh, oh. I don't know. Nobody would want me working on
4: their their uh, data management, you know, or their storage, or you know, any of that sort of stuff that these our guests uh, take care of all the time. That's for sure.
1: So I'm generally all about that nonfiction. I'm also kind of a podcast junkie. And I especially like the productivity mindset kind of podcast. So I'm like a huge James Altucher fan. So I probably would want to do something like that or like Tim Ferriss. But I'm still like, I'm an aspiring extra kid in progress. So I still have a lot more leveling yes. up to do first.
5: I actually wondered if you ever write a book or someone writes a book about the A-team what genre would it be? Would it be a crime, a thriller, uh, a romance? It would be a little uh, of everything.
0: A little fiction, of everything. Um, that's fantasy. what it makes for, That's <laughs> what it like, makes it. it
5: would for. be like
4: a, yeah, a little drama.
0: So we'd like to thank each of our guests today Becky, Paula, Phoebe for uh, joining us on the Tent Podcast. Uh, we hope to have you in a future episode, perhaps maybe after our next, uh, inside event and to our listeners out there, we know you have a bunch of podcasts you could be listening to, and we appreciate the time you took out of your schedule to spend with us. We hope you'll add us to your must listen queue of podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback. What works? What doesn't? What would you like to hear about in our next episode? We encourage you to email us at ngtentpodcast at netup.com with your questions and comments. We will include our email address and the Twitter handles uh, we mentioned in our show notes. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.